Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after the Magi had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. And then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. And there he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the Bible, there is no straightforward account of how God enters this world in Jesus. Christmas is never portrayed as a kind of uncomplicated Messiah reveal party. Each of the four Gospels describes God's appearance among us as confusing and marked by misunderstanding and misdirection. In Luke's gospel, Jesus is diverted from the inn, born among the livestock, and his birth isn't announced to the royal city, but instead out in the fields, in the dark, to a group at the bottom of the social hierarchy, his shepherds. In Matthew, which we heard today, Jesus is on the run, crossing borders, and the angels aren't in the, su in the sky singing, but they show up with warnings at night in dreams. In the Gospel of John, it has Jesus helping bring the whole universe into birth at the beginning. And yet, when Jesus becomes flesh, John writes, He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him and did not accept him. And then in Mark, the earliest of the four Gospels to be written, there's no baby Jesus at all. The first time that Jesus shows up in that gospel is on the edge of the wilderness as an adult. You may 
know that also in the earliest versions of the Gospel of Mark, there's no resurrection appearance either. There's just an empty tomb and this rumor that Jesus has been raised. What are the Gospels signaling to us about the way that we meet God in the world? They each tell the story differently, but the misdirections and the shadows are in all of them. Diverted from the inn, pushed out with the livestock, on the run from Herod, unrecognized by the world he helped to form, not even glimpsed as an infant or in his resurrection. It seems that early Christian communities understood the possibility of missing Jesus as he entered our world, looking for his birth among us, but not finding him. Every time they told the story of Jesus' entry into our world in these four fairly different ways, they made sure that each version was in part about the frustrating elusiveness of God. Well, while Jesus is, like, hidden in the other three Gospels, in Matthew that we heard today, Jesus has actually actively gone into hiding. Jesus becomes a child refugee and crosses the border into Egypt to escape a tyrant who shows a shocking kind of cruelty to children. Maybe this is an underappreciated part of Matthew's Gospel. In Matthew's Christmas scene, God can not only be cradled as an infant, but in an emergency, God can be hidden, carried, smuggled to fly under Herod's radar. Vaclav Havel once described the Czech experience under the authoritarian regimes of the Iron Curtain as a time in which there was no space for public discourse to carry the freight of compassion or truth or thoughtful dissent. Instead, he described an era in which people could only speak truthfully by gathering quietly in little groups in homes or churches at night, maybe to read poetry and scripture, to light candles, and to share their hopes and their struggles, and maybe to pray. Havel says, as those gatherings multiplied over the years, he said, there were so many of us gathered in the shadows that in the end, he said, in a manner of speaking, we all simply carried our candles outside into the street, and it was all over. The power of the old regime just collapsed. What had been seen as this little fragile hope needing to be smuggled under the cover of night showed itself finally in Czechoslovakia to be stronger than the power of the military regime. Matthew tells the story of a god who is carried and smuggled into the world in fragile bodies and in dreams. And maybe that strange beginning of his gospel is fitting for the story that unfolds over the entire length of the gospel. Jesus' whole ministry is often about trying to get God's good news smuggled past various kinds of border guards. Religious authorities who insist that they themselves have no need for God's radical mercy. And so many others who have been taught that they're not worth such lavish mercy and goodness. Maybe you've experienced something like this yourself. 
There may well have been times in our own lives when the space that kind of exists around us was so well policed by ourselves or by someone else that love has struggled to make its way across our border. Maybe it happened to you. You might even be able to call up images of those who were ultimately able to get through the defenses and smuggle the goods over to us. Maybe a gracious grandmother speaking words that we needed to hear. A teacher who believed in us. The love of a life partner. Or someone across one great divide or another who revealed God to us in flesh that looked very different from our own. Even with something of just receiving the gift of our first breath, God is smuggling good things across our borders before we're even aware of it. The gift of being alive on a planet set among the stars. Rain that falls on the evil and the good. These are such powerful gifts that we're also learning are vulnerable, fragile, need to be protected from various Herods of one kind or another. Matthew's Gospel promises not only that Jesus can be carried, but that he will be carried into our world relentlessly, though in ways that may surprise us for how fragile and vulnerable they can look. Jesus, in our Gospel today at the beginning, is carried by Joseph across the border a number of times. And at the end of that same Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is carried again toward us by another Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, his fragile body carried toward the tomb. And the fragile news of his resurrection, carried by the women who are first afraid and by the disciples that Jesus commissions to share that news. Jesus is still being carried across our boundaries and our borders in a thousand hidden ways every day, even in broken bread and poured out wine, placed in our hands, signs of the kind of relentless, relentlessness with which God pursues us. When those goods at this table are placed in our hands, we become complicit in the smuggling ourselves, flying under the radar in our own body and blood, carrying fragile gifts of love and mercy out into the street, unsettling the rule of one Herod or another.